0: Здравейте, вие слушате гласът на Капитал, аз съм Анина Сантова. Тази седмица решихме да избягаме за малко от политическите и COVID темите. те не са интересни, напротив, може да ги прочетете в новия брой на Капитал, както и в сайта. Не за слушане, обаче сме подготвили част от интервюто с Янис Варуфакис, което редакторът в Капитал Огнян Георгиев успя да вземе тази седмица. Едва ли сте забравили кой е Варуфакис? Той беше финансов министър на фалиралата гръцка държава през 2015 година, освен това е економист, академик, философ. Варуфакис е в София всъщност за първи път и то за да дойде на годишната конференция на капитал, банките и бизнесът съветът който той даде, и с който най-вероятно ще се запомни интервюто, което предстои да чуете, пък е не влизайте в еврозоната. Други акценти са, защо еврозоната се променя, без нищо да се промени. Както и мнението на Варуфаки за инструмента за възстановяване на устойчивост, пускаме сега част от интервюто в оригинал на английски език.
1: So I've, I know lots of things that I would work, like to, talk to you about, but... I'll try to narrow it down and mm. to to uh, make it more of a current issue in Bulgaria, uh, because the eurozone is the is the big concern now in Bulgaria. Bulgaria is on path to join the eurozone. Bulgaria sh- should have joined the eurozone some time ago, but we deli- delayed and delayed. And now the current date is twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four to be more precise, if if the current government is to be believed. Um, now you're a famous critic of the eurozone, to put it mildly. If you were a Bulgarian politician, now, be it in government, be it not in government, but let's assume you're in government, what would you say, what would you do in the current climate and in the current situation that
2: Bulgaria is in? Don't do it. Why? It's a mistake. It's a big, big mistake. Look, having your own currency is like having an insurance policy on your car. You, you know, you're paying a cost for it, a premium. Uh, and you feel, my goodness know, yeah, it's a waste of money until you have an accident. Same with uh, your own currency. So there's no doubt that your government has been, for years now, trying to keep a fixed exchange rate with the euro. So people out there can very easily be led to believe that um, Well, if we have a fixed exchange rate with uh, the euro, we might as well have the euro. Because now that we're not in the euro, we're paying a risk premium, a higher interest rate for borrowing. Uh, So why pay this? Hmm. Well, it's your insurance policy. Imagine what will happen once you join the euro. Your interest rates will fall by bit. There's going to be uh, a lot more risk-taking, both by Bulgarians and non-Bulgarians. There's going to be, all other things being equal, there's going to be a flood of money into Bulgaria, because let's face it, you know, if you're a Deutsche Bank, right, finance bank, uh, you have excess liquidity, especially during quantitative easing, and you don't know what to do with this money, because the Germans do not want to borrow this money, you know, corporations are in surplus, the federal government structural surplus, households save. so there is a glut of money in the financial system in Frankfurt. Uh, now, because of the small risk of, you know, a, a crisis in Bulgaria that would devalue you, your currency, mm. right? they're not as keen to lend you because they have to take into consideration the devaluation risk. Right? When they have the euro, when you have the euro, that goes away, so, you know, more money comes in. This is what happened in Greece in 2000. Oh. Um, you're going to have bubbles. You have, you're going to have a false sense of growth uh, because of the bubbles, and then if there is, you know, open wood <laughs> a financial crisis, either in Bulgaria or outside, or in Wall Street, suddenly the easy money will flood out of the country and your bubbles will burst, and then you're going to be in
1: serious, serious trouble. But the economists will put uh, will point to you that it already happened. Bulgaria was, has a fixed rate. Bulgaria survived the 2008 uh, country, the, uh, the 2008 crisis. The easy money flowed out. We saw a massive drop in, 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 in FDI and whatever in the bubbles in real estate and whatever. So, if having this fixed rate is a given because we're not going to change it probably, I don't see any circumstances will. Why not just? Drop this entirely, then, because
2: it will flow back in. Once you are in the euro, Mm. steadily there is going to be a flood of money from German banks, French banks, Mm -hmm. to your banks. Your banks will lend people money. That will create asset price inflation. That will create bubbles. When those bubbles burst, you will be in serious trouble. So effectively, you are going to be creating a problem for yourselves, and you are going to lose your capacity. To, uh, you will lose a, a major shock absorber, mm. which you only need when there's a big pothole on the road. Now, the pothole will come, and the probability that it will come increases when you enter the euro. Mm. Mm. So, it's a bit like, you know, giving up your currency is a bit like removing the shock absorbers from your car and driving it into a pothole. It is not a very clever idea. Now, there's, there's no doubt that there are very powerful interests in your country, like they were in my country pushing for euro um, accession, because they want their assets to be priced in euros, Mm -hmm. in dollars in in hard currency. They don't want your big Bulgarian currency. They would like the big assets to be priced permanently with the backing of the European Central Bank in euros. Uh, But the majority of Bulgarians are going to suffer from this. Uh, in, In any case, look. I'm not against a common currency, but we don't have a banking union. Okay, there there is one only in name, but not in substance. There is no deposit insurance provided by the European Union by the eurozone. So your own banks will have to provide deposit insurance. Okay, if you enter, um, your government is going to be supporting the banks, which are going to be supporting the government. Uh, while at the same time the government supporting the deposits of the... of, you know, of papers. Yeah. Uh, effectively, we have no protection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the possibility of devaluation, a one-off devaluation, which is always a great thing to have, not to use, to have. It's a bit like having an army. You don't want to go to war. Mm-hmm. But you have an army in case you go to war mm-hmm. and in order to prevent a war. So, this is the same thing with your capacity to divide you. If we had a proper banking union and a fiscal union, then I would be all for it. I want a common currency. I'm a federalist, I want a federal Europe, but we don't have one. To pretend that we have one because we have a monetary union is um, um, the greatest uh, hubris against basic laws of economics two points there on, on your on your comments first of
1: all do you not think that the eurozone has changed massively since 2008 zero uh, let me finish and you, you answer uh, do you not think that it's changed and why would you think it's not changed and second connected to this the banking union exists you say it's only name but at least it exists do you think well, you the, further steps, the further no, steps the further steps will be taken to
2: strengthen this okay Mm. This is the gradualist thesis mm. that we are moving in the right direction, but not fast enough. No, we been moving in the wrong direction, very fast. Uh, so, yes, a lot of th- a lot of stuff has changed since two thousand and ten, mm. not two thousand and eight. Since Greece went back, yeah, because the domino began began with Greece, then it reached Italy, and sure. at that point, you know, they started printing money. The eurozone authorities, in particular, the Europe, which I happen to know reasonably well better than I wanted to write. They show a fantastic capacity to change everything to ensure that nothing changes. Mm. This is a great paradox. They will do anything and they will change anything so that nothing changes. And this is what we have been experiencing since 2010. Let me give you a particular example. Yeah, i was actually going to give ask. you all, all the major examples. When Greece went bankrupt, the first thing that Angela Merkel said to, said to Papa, Papandreou, the Greek Prime Minister then, was something couple, quite, quite absurd. We're not allowing you to go bankrupt, to default. We're not allowing, We're not going to give you a loan. And we're not going to give interest rate relief. Yeah. Imagine if Lehman Brothers was told that by Hank Paulson yep. in 2008. Everybody would laugh their head off. Of course, very soon after that, Merkel had to take this back and give the loan. So the first thing they did to keep everything the same is they violated the no bailout clause. They created a bailout m- machine which then became the EFSF, which then became the ASM. Okay. But that is simply a machine for permanent, perpetual bankruptcy concealment, for hiding a bankruptcy, not for correcting it. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you in the United States in 2008, right, mm-hmm. the great state of Nevada and did not have access to the FDIC and to the federal treasury and to, you know, footsteps, and unemployment benefit at this federal. Yeah. You know, it would be a complete disaster. It would be what happened to Greece, right? right? Now, how would the state of Nevada be helped if the United States had created a mini-IMF lending money to Nevada on conditions of strict austerity and giving it money on loan in order to bail out their own banks without the capacity to bring money? Yeah. It would be a catastrophe. This is exactly what's happening. Uh, So, you see that, you know, first they gave the bailout to Greece, Uh, some of us were predicting that it spread to Ireland, Portugal, it did. At some point, that fund they had created, the FSF was not big enough, so they created the bigger one, the ASM, 500 billion. This is useless Mm -hmm. for Italy, 3 trillion, I mean, what can you do with 3 trillion? Um, The ASM was not good enough, and so at that point they had a choice, either start printing money. To violate the charter of the ECB, okay, in order to buy Italian debt. So the, you know, Draghi was working for two years. He began with the LTRO, with various schemes, in you know, order to stop printing money in order to save Italy, and to go against the charter of the ECB. So you know, the Germans who were kicking and screaming against uh, Draghi and Merkel were right. You know, people like Jens Weidmann, the head of the Bundesbank, where he was on. It was thinking that, that he could save the euro without doing that. Mm-hmm. The, the, okay. So the ESM was an irre- irrelevancy, they created it, but it is irrelevant. The last thing you want if you are bankrupt is more loans, right? Uh, even if the interest rate is zero, it really doesn't help. You need haircuts, you need restructuring of the debt, mm-hmm. or you need a proper euro bond, which Europeanizes the debt. Um, to cut a long story short, look at what happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The pandemic hits. It's clear that the whole thing is going to blow up. I mean, you know, we're going to have... Uh, Greek national debt now is 215% of GDP. And um, it was 14 or 15 prime ministers and heads of state. Macron, the Greek prime minister, Sanchez, in Spain, and so on. They asked for a euro bond for, essentially, additional debt due to COVID, should be Europeanized. Should not fall on the shoulders of Italy, of Greece, and so on. Oh. Like I said, nine. No. Should she created the recovery fund, which is macroeconomically relevant, just like the ASM is relevant. Because it does nothing for the Italian debt, for the Greek debt. You yeah. know? The, the, this is why Lagarde now is in deep trouble. Because she has a surge of inflation, right? But at the same time, she's the one that is rolling over the unsustainable debt. Of most Eurozone member states, oh. and they have this recovery fund, which simply takes money from poor Germans and gives it to rich Greeks. Yeah, but but, but doesn't it
1: in in a way contradict your point in the weak suffer what they must that the Bundesbank is the one controlling Europe secretly, whereby that was not but, what I was saying in the book. Well, well in, part, in part of it, I was actually in, 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 part in my, of it, my book I was blaming the French. Oh, yeah but Bundesbank was the one punishing the French to, to put it. That's
2: yeah. uh, but but that was not my theory. should you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but um, the, the recovery is the French because the French wanted the German money. They yep. wanted the Deutsche Bank, by which to, to expand French hegemony. But the recovery fund said nine. Yeah. and they had every point, every reason to do it. But, but the recovery fund is a fork in the road,
1: no, because it's the first time Europe actually collectively does something like this. So isn't this a change?
2: Yes, it is a change. But uh, the question now is this: again, your gradualist hmm. hypothesis is on show again that this was a first step, you know, like putting a foot in the door, to open the door. Mm. Well, I think that, you know, they simply kick the door completely shut. Because look at the new German government, mm. Scholz, FDP and the Greens, one big commitment, never again. The recovery fund is one-off, it will never be repeated. It's a big, fat commitment. And what I was saying, yes, it is true, at last we had a Eurobond. Mm-hmm. Firstly, too little, yeah, yeah just ridiculously insignificant, mm-hmm. and secondly, done in such a way as to ensure that the Dutch, the Austrians, and the Germans, I'm talking about the establishment now, not the people, right, mm-hmm. will say never again. So in my view, this is what I'm saying. This is a big question, oh. and you know, here we can disagree. But the, the, the big question is: Are we moving slowly in the right direction or fast in the opposite direction? And I think so. You you claim that we're doing oh. we're moving in slow, you know, hidden steps in the right direction. I think we're going with great leaps in the wrong direction, because the idea of a Euroball has been killed off forever now. Because they have practiced it in this particular way, it is really sordid, it's corrupt the way they're doing it. Uh Think about it, it's not, you know, I was advocating for years, since 2002, A a green eurobond that would be issued by the European Investment Bank and backed by the European Central Bank. We were saying this in 2002 in the European Parliament. But they started green bonds just recently. They started green bonds just recently. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. No, I'm talking about you know five percent of GDP or euros GDP to go directly into a green energy union where Europe looks at Europe as a whole and says, okay, we're going to have an energy union. And we're going to invest in it centrally. Uh-huh. You, know, in, you know, what is Bulgaria doing good at producing in terms of renewables? What is Germany? What, you yeah. know, Greece has a lot of sun. The countries closer to the Atlantic have a lot of wind, right? Let's create this and fund it directly. Okay. Not give it to governments. You know, I know what governments are like. I've yeah. been in one for a few months. I do not want European money to go into the Greek government. Yeah. Uh, I would like, you know, the European Union to actually conduct a federal program, if you want, for energy by giving it to the Greek government, to the Spanish government, to the Italian government, the governments are going to give it to the oligarchs, locally, to their mates. We're already seeing it. It is sordid and it is very unseemly. The Dutch and the Germans who are transferring funds through this Eurobond to the south, look at that, and this, in my view, is the death knell of any proper fiscal union in the future. What would be the right way to do a Eurobond, in your opinion? Oh, I, I proposed that mm-hmm. a long time ago, and then again at the beginning mm. of the pandemic. Well, firstly, the bond should be issued by the European Central Bank, mm. because it's the only serious institution we have. The European Commission is not a serious institution. Nobody takes it seriously. Okay, it's only if it has the, bank, the European Central Bank. So, once we have the European Central Bank… A also, lot of people in Brussels will be mad at what you say, but anyway… But, yeah. <laughs> you know, tough, what can I do, and they don't pay me sufficiently <laughs> to lie, right? Um, the ECB is the only institution that we have, financial institution, that is solid oh. and dependable. Uh, so if, you, if I were a Chinese investor, a German investor, a Bulgarian investor, right? Oh. You know, and and there was a, a, a bond issued by the ECB, knowing that the ECB had printing presses, I would buy it immediately, yeah. right? Uh, and I would not have the member states backing it. Now this bond that the Commission issued is backed by Greece, for goodness sake. (laughs) You know, I mean, what are we doing? Okay. Uh, uh, So essentially it's backed by Germany. Hmm. So German conservatives, or the liberals, are livid about that. And they only accepted it because of the pandemic. But tomorrow they're going to turn very nastily at the whole idea of uh, a jointly and severally backed Eurobond. Whereas an ECB bond, and so my suggestion was you know, a 30 year bond that would sell at negative interest rates immediately, right? And would fund what? It would fund this uh, cushioning so the new debt could not fall on the decrepit Italian state, Spanish state, Portuguese state, Greek state. Well, that's one. Sure. Secondly, the European Investment Bank, which already issues its own bonds, right? And they issue green bonds, they can issue whatever they want, right? uh, Imagine if they were to fund um, the, the green energy union that we need. I insist on this, because this, this is the one thing we can do well at the European Union level. The one thing we can only do at the European level, and they're the one thing that we really need to do. And you can see with the energy crisis that this is so. Um, so the European Investment Bank could be given the green light, it only takes one session of the European Union Council you know, to issue 500 billion a year, every year, for five years, two and a half trillion, you know, to, to fund this big business of the green the, the transition. Uh, and, and, you know, Christine Lagarde, all she has to do is to say that I will stand by these bonds in the secondary bond markets. She wouldn't need to put anything because just by saying this, those bonds would sell like hotcakes. And, and then you have a fighting fund for the, for the green energy across Europe, and it will be magnificently progressive. It will create good quality jobs. It will be, you know, it will have a high multiplier accelerator. Uh, and 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 notice, everything I've said is completely legal. You don't need a treaty. You don't need um, any changes to the existing rules because the European Investment Bank belongs to the. whole. Then what's the obstacle? The obstacle is political will. Political will, in particular, in Berlin. I have theories as to why the political will is not there. I can mention one. Mm. And I always like not to mention my own theories, but to convey theories that have been conveyed to me by people who are in the know. Mm. So, this is something that one of Angela Merkel's top advisors told me once Mm. when he heard this proposal of mine. He said, This is a good proposal. I thought, You are advising Angela Merkel. Why don't you advise her to do it? She, she said to me, she will never, never do it. I said, okay, please, please explain your question. Uh. Why not? She said, look, don't you understand? Every time the German Chancellor, Merkel, or whoever it might be, walks into a room with the French president, the French president keeps his mouth shut. Why? Because France is a structurally deficit country, vis-a-vis, the structurally surplus country, which is Germany. Mm. To put it bluntly, if tomorrow morning there's an announcement that the euro goes and we go back to our national Mm. currencies, there's going to be a massive flow of money into Germany and out of France. Mm. So if you are the French president, right, you keep your mouth shut. In the end, you may kick and scream for a little bit, but in the end, what she says goes.
0: Ако този епизод ви е харесал и искате да слушате новите епизоди веднага, що ми излязат, абонирайте се за гласът на Капитал в Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts или Spotify. Обратна връзка може да ни изпращате на podcasts.capital.bg или в познатите ви профили на Капитал във Facebook и Twitter. Музиката, която чувате в този подкаст, е написана от композитора Петра Донтаков специално за Капитал. А епизодът монтира Тихомир Колев.